yeah, I wanted to book you on this uh, show that I do. It's that basement show. There's no mic, no chairs, and unfortunately, this time around, I can't pay you, but there is a buffet. Cops retirement party. I got no room for you to stay in, but there's free drinks. You wouldn't mind uh, hiding out for about a half hour, 45 minutes until the uh, birthday girl gets there, would ya? Wondering if you'd like to do comedy uh, on a boat. Not a very big boat, kind of just like a real boat. Really, it's just a canoe. Let me know if you want to do the gig. Hey everybody, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, this is Death by Comedy. As always, I'm Chris Walsh, and with me is... Gary Peterson. Yes, I think we nailed it that time, Gary. I'm working on the timing of that. <laughs> How have you been, Gary? It's been a few weeks, we haven't seen each other. Uh, we got shots in our arms, mm-hmm. feeling weird, feeling a little wild. You're getting uh, you doing? your second vax uh, tomorrow, I believe, and I'm yes. getting mine. I had my first vax yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um it's been a wild ride. Yeah. Do you it certainly has? Do you? I've I've been having some after effects, which are weird. Um, yeah, me too. I had those same after effects. I did your show the night I got the first one, and I had neglected to mention it to you. And then in the middle of the show, I was doing. You had me doing a character. Uh, I don't know what you're calling it by now. It used to be co-host to co-host mm-hmm. with Creaney and the Gipper. It might still be that. Yes. Um, but it's a great show, fun show. Everyone check that out. Uh, Gary and uh, Rob Cream do it every Saturday night. We rarely plug things at the beginning of the show, Gary. We should do it more. <laughs> uh, follow us on all the things. Mind you, we're on Instagram and uh, Twitter if you're out there. You're and take not your following. Vitamins. Just be yes. healthy. But I was, you had me doing a character that was like a throwback, like 20s reporter or 40s. I don't know what era it was. And uh, I was in the middle of doing this. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I hear you're going to go, you know, it was like this fast talking guy. And then I was in the middle of speaking and I was just like, where am I? What's going on here? I was just like faded. You know, I just like I just went off a cliff. Yes. And I hadn't had that happen in the middle of a performance in a while. I think the last time I did that, somebody had like CBD in the green room. You know how, like, out here in L.A., it's like you do a show. One of the last live shows I did was uh, Tomorrow Show, Ron Lynch's Tomorrow Show, which you know I'm very fond of, past guest, Ron Lynch. And Mm. uh, someone gave him a bunch of CBD. It might have been his birthday. I can't remember why, but it was, like, this whole big package of CBD. And I was like, I'll try one of these. It's late. You know, I'm going to bed pretty soon. And I took one, and I didn't expect it to have much of an effect on me. And I kind of – I went and sat in the audience and was watching, and I kind of wigged out. Mm. Um, one of his guests, he had a piano player and the piano is in full view. Like you could see it was like a big sort of Korg, you know, like the synthesizer piano, but the guy must've had another one in the back. And so the, he was playing the piano like between acts, but nobody was standing at the piano. It was like something you'd see at like the, you know, the, the magic castle or whatever. And I was like, I was like, who's playing the piano? And I like... <laughs> freaked out like the cbd had this like i just wigged out and i just kind of started asking everyone i was like you know you, it was almost like you could it was almost like i was heckling the show i was like who's playing that piano i had to like go on the back and like and be like do you have another piano here like what are you doing and he's like yeah yeah i got one back here and i was like don't ever do that why'd you bring two p why'd you bring two why are you not out there it's a live show you know what i mean it was like i just got like kind of mad about it it was kind of funny Hmm. Uh, you know, fitting with our theme of our show. But how are you holding up? You got yours today. 
Last time it really threw me for a loop. Yeah, I I feel okay. I've been having like this weird, like wrong smell thing happen. Not from the oh. vaccine, just in general. Wild. Where a wrong like, smell. Yeah, everything smells like cigarettes. And I got that too. What but my f- neighbor smokes like a maniac. But no one smokes here. Oh, that's wild. That's an interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like we almost moved out yesterday. <laughs> I mean, we seriously went and looked at a place. We I put in my 30-day notice here. Mm. Like, this is a longer story. Like, I won't get into all the details because it'll be like half our podcast. But we've been going to war with our neighbor. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if this is a COVID reaction where, you know, you smell an apple. It smells like cigarettes. You're like, who smoked cigarettes inside of this apple? Yeah. I don't, um, know, I don't know what to do. They say, like, you're supposed to smell things like oils. Yes. And to identify, and I've been doing some of that. Uh huh. But I feel like there's a way to retrain your uh, your your uh, senses, your olfactory. I think is the word. Mm, this is a, this is a, a friendly fribble. <laughs> uh. <laughs> this is uh, this is a, a cup of a bum's warm piss. <laughs> Um, you just gotta get the real, the, the, the essentials. Most, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the essential oils. Um, <laughs> it's an oil lamp for just the most fucked up person. That that's uh that's Los Angeles for you. That's where my head's at, Gary. Just like you know, it's just like you go into the Yankee Candle Factory, and it's like this one is a uh, doo doo. Uh, it's all it's all, it's all negative smells. It's like that Harry Potter. You ever get those beans? You know, the jelly beans, they're like, you know, snot and all that stuff. Funeral flowers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is from your dad's funeral. You're like, oh, come on. You didn't have to. How do you know? How do you know that? Um, But my friend Katie had a box of these. You can get the jelly beans. I'm sure people have, where you spin the thing and you eat a gross one or a, you know what I mean? Like the gross Mm. ones are one color and the non-gross one. You know, it's like a game of chance that no one ever wants to play. And then we played that for like an hour one night and people were like, this really does taste like, you know, a fucking seagull's taint or whatever the fuck <laughs> the negative ones are. <laughs> uh, Do they have taints? I, I mean, that's a good question. I thought it was Next a time I'm at the beach. Situation. Yeah. <laughs> Quack. Oh. <laughs> right. One hole for everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. One stop shot. Uh, anyway. Um. So I'm sorry you're, uh, you know, you're feeling the effects of it. I mean, that 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 is like hell for me. Just everything smells like cigarettes is kind of a bad one. Yeah. That's a bad beat. It sucks. It's like, oh, I don't want to go for a walk and breathe more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you got the mushy blueberries, too. You got the no, you got the no smell. No smell, no taste. And now you got wrong smell, which is not, re- it's not reported enough in my estimation. Yeah, it's. I read up on it, and it's like some people have, you know, their smell returns, and then suddenly, for no reason at all, everything will smell wrong. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck uh, this. For those of you listening, Gary's eyes went wide. Someday maybe we'll do the video on the uh, Patreon if we ever get one. But um, uh, when, our v- when our listeners go above, uh, you know, several thousand, because we're already probably at, like, I don't know, we're in the double thousand digits. Um but uh, what, what I was going to say to you is uh, they the other thing they say is that when you get the vaccine, it's supposed to end some of the the um, 
the shit that you ended up with because of COVID. So maybe your small smell will go back to right smell. Or 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 yeah. I'll okay. die. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. You my... saw you saw my right smell and you you raised me a die. But I, I would argue that'd be very good for this podcast. Death by comedy, one of the hosts dies. Uh, I'm gonna I will be Joe Rogan by like <laughs> June. I'm going to be signing deals with Spotify. People will be like, yeah, there was only 11 episodes, but it was amazing. Gary um, loved elk meat. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that's the first line of the obit? I think you and Creeny have written several obituaries for one another, so I'll just pull from one of those. Eulogies. Say a few nice words. Yeah, yeah eulogies. We wrote each other's eulogies, um, mm-hmm. which was fun. Uh, I, I, I think... What we're gathered here for. Yes. The same yes. way. What I, I thought I wanted to, because we just had Easter too. And how was your uh-huh. Easter? Did you do anything? Did you just celebrate? Yeah, it was great. I'll, I'll try and be as brief as possible. The lady and I drove to Yosemite because we were tired of smelling cigarettes. Um, both, of, both of us had COVID, by the way, so it could be wrong smell. Uh, drove up to Yosemite. It was beautiful. Uh, if you have the means, please go there. Go there on an off day, though. Go during the week. It was the humanity. I realized that I love people, but I hate humanity. I fucking... Some guy wanted to fight me in the gift shop. Like, I was just like, I'm, those days are what? over, buddy. What? Yeah. He came too close, and it was like the... You know how it's like, we're all going to have to deal with this at some point. You get out of your house, especially those of us who have been good. Even though I ended up with COVID, that was because of my job. I really haven't seen any of my friends. Very limited Mm-hmm. Even my cousin, who I'm closest to, we, we're like 50 yards apart, you know, in like a football stadium um, when I see her, Caitlin. Uh, but in this case, this was the first time we were back into the mix, and I got one shot in me plus the sickness, you know, as you like to say, God's immunity. So Sabina and I, my special lady, uh, she wears a helmet. Um, we were in the gift shop, uh, and she, we were like, let's go in here and get ice creams. And it was like that scene in, from Cabin in the Woods where they let all the monsters out. Like, we opened the front door, and it was just like, Aah! people were running around, things were on fire. Uh, Pinhead was there from Hellraiser. And people were just like, it was fucking bedlam, Gary. There were no lines outside. There was just a mass of people in there. So we were like, all right, grab the fucking ice cream. Let's get in line. But the line was one of those queues where you, like, go around a thing and then these people came by and the guy like brushed my shoulder like I, you know, like I was at the mall. I said something about this kid's mother, you know, he like brushed against me and I just went, whoa. And then the guy turned around and looked at me and I realized like then he was an Asian guy. I wasn't saying it because he was Asian. I think he took it personally. I don't know if it's, you know, everything's heightened at this thing. It's like mm-hmm. pandemic is making people crazy. And, uh, you know, me, you know, I, I left my racism in Charlestown, Massachusetts. And, uh, and so he brushes Good against me and I, and yeah, I tried, uh, you know, I was, I was eight. I started wearing fear of a black planet t-shirts and they called me, you know, uh, racist names and I had to fight. But, um, so he brushes past me and I'm just like, Hey, and then I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Cut the line all you want. I'm pro cutting. If you want to go cut, cut, if you want to steal from the place, I don't give a shit. But don't brush my shoulder when we're still in the middle of pandemic and numbers are going up here and there. I was just like, whoa. And then he turned around and he kind of puffed up. And you know, Gary, you've de-escalated situations. I was like, I don't want to fight you in Yosemite on Easter. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to fight anybody. Like, those days are over. You know, I, I grew this beard so I could look more, I don't know, Buddhist. But I was just like, 
I just looked at the guy and I just slowly shook my head. I was like, I don't want to do this. Uh, you don't want to do this. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to make me come out of retirement. <laughs> like, like Leon the professional. Like, you've, you've never seen me very upset. I'm holding ice cream. I'm like, you're going to end up, your wife's going to end up with an ice cream in her face. Like, you're going to bring out the angry townie. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then I'm gonna be like arrested for a hate crime in Yosemite. Did, it's like that's anything? not what I was looking for. He just he he, it was all it was all visual. It uh, was all like he turned around. He did say something, and then I just gave him the slow head shake. Like this is not the guy. I'm just like no. And then I was like I was in my head. I was just thinking six feet, six feet. That's all I'm asking. Six feet. And if you start coming towards me. Like, that's not what I want. You know what I mean? I want space. Mm. I came to Yosemite for space, you know? And the funny thing is, through it all, and I'm kind of proud of myself, I didn't get angry. I got that, like, knee-jerk reaction of, like, what the fuck, like, that you get that's, like, you know, Boston. Yeah. I got that Boston, but then it just immediately dissipated and went away, and I was like, no, I am I came to Yosemite to change my life. Like, I'm trying to be, like, this outdoorsman, just, like, go to the beach, go on hikes, Get rid of all that shit. You know what I mean? That that that's built up, that chip on my shoulder. So, anyway, that was that. And then we, and then the rest of the weekend was amazing. That was like right when we got there, uh, except for the people. There were tons and tons of people. So go, go to a national park, but go on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, uh, and when it's maybe a little colder. You know, I'm gonna go back. We're going back. We're gonna go back to Yosemite. I imagine probably twice before you know before the winter time because it's it's amazing no matter where you look you're in the valley floor you look around it's lord of the rings it's Mm -hmm. like uh going to new york city for the first time you just you can't you're not prepared it's the beauty is overwhelming we walked through a frozen stream it was like oh it was amazing it was just like uh we rented bikes and just so nice what about yourself how was your easter i almost no fights um, oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. But I, I, I pity the fool who tries to fight you, Gat. <laughs> they, you, you, you give them targets. You got a whole plan. You, you're eight steps ahead of anyone. You're ready to do chokeholds and shit like that. I'm not. I, yeah. That's part of the reason why I don't fight anyone anymore. Because I don't know who that guy is. That could be anyone or a lady. You know, like you remember yeah. that lady who did the scorpion kick? She'd get someone in a headlock. It's like S- Cynthia Rothrock. You remember her? No. That's for. That's for no listeners. No one knows who that is. She was from, look her up, Cynthia Rothrock on YouTube. She would get guys in these, like, headlocks and then and then do, like, a kick over her shoulder and kick him in the face. She's amazing. I'm, but uh, I'm, I'm dating no, myself. I'm by no means a, a master fighter. Uh, I, I prefer to think of myself as just kind of a, a total idiot lucky. <laughs> and, like, able to we avoid all are. some conflict and control yeah. my emotions in that moment because I've... I've had moments where it's like people were like, "Why didn't you punch that guy in the elevator in Davis Square?" Because <laughs> uh, that's happened. I've yeah, I've had to use the restraint on stage. Um, oh yeah, yes. Dealing with crowds or dealing with physicality, both or both. I've, I've gotten in a, I've gotten in a physical, you know, altercations with a whole audience once. Like a really, group, a group of people. It was just crazy and. Um, well, now we got to hear about this because I'm. I, by, where? Give me. By my <laughs> album. Uh, <laughs> uh, Was it on your album? I believe so. Uh, oh. If it's not, right. well, I'll I, check. Get, I gotta give it another listen. I'll give it a tease. If it's not, on yeah, my Yellow album, Belt Confidence. There it is. Deadmail.com. Uh, we yeah. raised some money for charity over Easter. That was good. But um, oh, great! 
altercation stuff with shows and um and and it's because of holidays it's kind of like both that heightened sense of you know a new year show where people pay maybe just an extra 10 bucks Uh an extra 20 bucks and they get like a champagne toast and all you can drink and then Mm. they're sloshed by the time (laughs) so i i typically like i know it's a, a a money night and some people always like share with that, like, if you're not doing New Year's, you're not a real comic. And oh, like, come on. I don't want to be out on a holiday. I'm with you. I'm with you. I have a no New Year's, no St. Patrick's Day clause. Yeah. If, um, if I've done a college uh, during St. Patrick's Day during the day, and that was empty, wow. but good money. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, you just don't want to deal with the humanity, Gary. The humanity. <laughs> the people yeah. who start shit. When, like, you're on the stage, um, I'll, I'll give this tip. Uh, I don't yeah. know if I've said this in this, this show. I think it was just, like, um, this bar, it wasn't so much a holiday as it was this bar is, like, trying to form a comedy club. So they're trying to, like, yeah. this is their inaugural, like, show. Right. Like, this is the big thing that's going to be every Tuesday. But it was a sports right. bar, and they didn't really tell anybody. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And they charged no... T- uh, price on tickets and uh so nobody so had no anything door. to lose and yeah. uh left all the tvs on all the lights on classic like all the things that you're like in the back of the room yeah you're, you're trying not to be that perfectionist asshole to the host be like hey can you do your job <laughs> but you have to be like <laughs> um just so you That's know hilarious. uh Everything here is fucked up, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I, she's yeah. learned since she's she was new yeah. to, to running a show, so right. and she's a sweetheart. But okay. I was just like, oh, here we go. I'm, I've already got to fight the room uh, set up. So uh, we get going with the show, and there's a group of like six people that are just at the bar that don't want to go and watch the show, and they just mm-hmm. put their backs to it and talk over it. Yeah, and that was like when you have like multiple rooms in a bar that you could go and just yeah. be away. It's like you're doing this to piss on the show. That's it, right? Right. And uh, I was like, do I go after them? Do I write jokes about these people? Because we have a friend, Tom Dustin, who's like, grab my jacket, get near the door, <laughs> and he's like, if he doesn't <laughs> like somebody, he goes after him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I'm like. I just yeah, keep the car running. Yeah, exactly. I I I just was. I didn't feel like fighting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm tired of fighting to do my job. Um, so I like I did a very simple thing, and I recommend this to every comedian ever doing a bar show. I went on stage. Uh, I was goofy and silly, and they still didn't. The crowd got with me within my first like, yeah. four minutes. Got them on your side. I got them on my side, and then very quickly I was like. Will you guys help me do something? Because uh, we can't do this show right without yeah. this being addressed. And the crowd accepted the invitation. And I said to the group of six, uh, excuse me, um, can someone get their attention? And now, like, a whole room is looking at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, I don't know if you knew there was going to be comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know it's if classic. this is, like, your special night out or whatever. Um, or if you if you noticed there was a comedy show, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> we want you to come along and have fun with us. And, and we've got like 25 minutes left of this show. 
And if you would join us, we would love to have you. And I had, you know, I was like, right. And then everyone clapped and they, they looked at me and then they, uh, got their beers and they left. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it was the yeah. best. Cause they were, yeah. they didn't say, fuck you, man. They uh-huh. understood that this, there's like, no, I don't think I did anything that could have been like, Hey, fuck right. you. <laughs> I, right. I was cute and nice about it. It was cute. Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to do that downtown. One of the last sets I ever did last winter, like a you know, f- almost over a year ago, I would do this mic sometimes downtown, and they would move it around, and it was in this bar, kind of a cool bar, but not a good bar for comedy. Mm. It's got a lot of brick, got these like archways, so it's like even if you're trying to connect with one person, there's like another, ar- you know what I mean? It, it yes. almost looks like a bad guy's hideout, you know, <laughs> like like from Batman or something. You're just like, all right, I'm addressing you at the bar but then there's a guy over here and there's like board games you know they're like it's like a real cool bar if you're going to hang like you could see why and i forget what um holiday it was and i was trying to do what you did where i just was like listen we're gonna do comedy and like i was one of the more experienced performers on this mic so i'm like in that situation i'm like i'll just take the hit for everyone i got like you know three to five minutes in la to connect with these people and try and draw them in and they listened to me for like a minute or two, and then everyone just went right back to their conversation there. And unlike your situation, there was nowhere else for them to go. And I think it was like a Monday. It was like one of those Monday holidays where it's like, you know, it's like Labor Day or, you know, Memorial Day, whatever it is. It's like one of those types of, you know, um, Martin Luther King Day, whatever the hell it was. It was on a Monday, and they were all just like, we came after work. And we didn't know there was going to be comedy. And there's, you know, rarely worse situations in comedy. Like, I remember another gig. It's actually not that far from here. They used to do at this pizza place in Eagle Rock Boulevard. And uh, on Eagle Rock Boulevard in Eagle Rock. And it was just a pizza place and that's it. And you walk in. It was in, like, on, like, Kitchen Nightmares or whatever this place. And you would walk in and it's just this, like, pizza parlor place, right? There's a counter. There's a kitchen but in the bathroom and there's nowhere to go. It's just a big room and everybody can see everybody. And I remember the dude went up, set up the mic and was like, all right, we're going to have a comedy show. And I remember just distinctly seeing a guy like shoveling a pepperoni slice into his mouth and just the expression on his face go, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Like this is I came in here to grab a pizza like I, I, I'm here with my family or whatever. Like. Mm. Comedy is one of the only things where that happens. It it happens maybe like with music, but with music you can talk over the music people. Musicians really are just like I'm gonna get paid and do whatever I do anyway. Mm. Sing my ditties, yeah. you know. It's usually covers or whatever. I'm I'm sure they're pissed too, or they don't feel good about it. But with comedy, you need that reaction. You don't want people talking over it. And uh, and I just remember I started to think like it'd be funny if it were like a like a haunted house. You know, like a guy goes up, he's dressed like a ghost or something. He's like, all right, in 10 minutes, we're going to scare you. You know, like we're going to come up. There's going to be, you know, it's like the the, the, the the haunted house open mic is kind of how I. It's like that's, that's that is so like funny. the example that I give because no one wants to be in a haunted house. And it's yeah. like, I came here to get pizza. I just, you I'm, know? I'm here to relax, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Why are you? <laughs> yeah, you're you're all bloody. Like, what are you? You know, <laughs> most people so, uh, aren't comedy nerds. Yeah, that's the thing. You, yes. you're a nerd. I'm a nerd. We're yes. all nerds. Hey, uh-huh. the fucking hey, thing that we love is to sit quietly 
Yes. Watch someone pontificate an idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just go on the journey. Um, yeah, you wanna you wanna see you know basically how good their speaking their public speaking skills are, or you know where they have to improve, or how great their writing is, and you know how they make connect those dots. You know you can watch good as well as bad, and you know maybe give someone a tip or whatever. It's like this collective of like nerding out over how to get better, or how can I get as good as that guy? That's, those those are like the measures, right? You're going like, oh that guy, that joke was great. Would you mind me? suggesting a tag or something like like yeah. you like i'll go and sit at the comedy store when it was open and watch you know three hours of terrible comedy young comics or 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 comics who had doing, done it a long time who were like doormen or whatever the fuck because i because i love it you know yeah I'm, i mean that's essentially why we ended up here but those <laughs> those show up and people show up and they don't expect a show it's like oof well, Chris, you have to understand. They have to make room for Chris D'Elia and Brian oh boy. Callen and Brent I think Shaw. that I think those I think those guys are done forever. Hopefully. Oh why? Um, why? Um, yeah. The, yeah. Fuck them. That's and for next week's pod. I, um, I you can't take it. It's that you know mafia thing of you know you mm-hmm. can't take it personally whether it's the comedy store or Joe's Rib Shack Tuesday open <laughs> mic run by yes. Dave Radigan. <laughs> Um, but there is Salisbury. something to the quaintness of going to one of those places. Like, I think that's sort of why we ended up doing this pod is because I miss those little gigs you would drive to connect with your friends, connect mm-hmm. with people like have even if it's bad or you're in a, you're speaking over the little squawk box at Angie's Clams, you know, mm-hmm. number 65, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> your tata sauce is ready <laughs> uh, while you're doing your jokes. But um the 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 one where you show up and do comedy is is over uh, over like uh you know people delivering food is hilarious to me. Um, you mentioned another one with the with the the sports bars, which reminded me of a of another holiday show. I didn't know if you had another question, but we we were talking earlier about the um the Christmas show, mm. which happened at the Comedy Studio every year for many years, loved started it. by Tony V. Huh? Oh. I loved it. I yeah, loved it was it. great. It's it. It was always from an outsider perspective. It was always like the best comics that play that club were doing something out of the ordinary. A lot yeah. of the times, for the very first time, yes, with risky or the only time stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People would do like a story, or they would do a character when they didn't do it before. You know, the thing about Boston comedy was, you know, Boston and Cambridge were just separated by a few bridges. You know, it's separated by the Charles River. But when I was starting out, you'd have comics who were like, didn't cross the river. You know, I don't I don't cross the river guy, you know, and like then as you know, by the time you you were, you know, getting more established, I think a lot more comics were like coming over to to do like Rick's Club, the comedy studio or like a lot of us comics were going down to do, you know, I mean, like I would play anywhere when I started out. I mean, like I would do, you know, the open mics at the vault. We've talked about that a bit, you know, Nick's or whatever. And there were a lot of people doing both things. But there was a period where there was like everyone had a chip on their shoulder and like people, a lot of like Boston headliners had a problem with Eugene Merman or, you know, like things like that, that were like more heady comics that were like you know, doing like back then, like weirder stuff. It was yeah. rare to see comics doing both the clubs downtown and the clubs in Cambridge. But Tony V started the the Christmas show 
when the comedy studio started and the plan was you would get a bunch of comics to write sketches and do characters, people who normally didn't do that stuff for the most part. Uh, it was very rare to get, you know, comedians doing sketch and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, you would write material for just for, you know, the the holiday show, whatever the fuck you wanted to call it. So you'd get people doing all different kinds of holiday sketches and then it was at the studio on the Sunday before Christmas. And then it went over to the Comedy Connection in Faneuil Hall on Monday. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so seeing the difference between how it played at the studio and how it went up at the Comedy Connection was, to me, was fascinating. And when I started out, like, I really wanted to, you know, at the time I didn't know. I just really wanted to do stand-up. I really wanted to be funny. But I didn't realize that I was like a character actor at the time and I was like more of a sketch guy and more what people might call weird, you know, it was like what I ended up gravitating towards, but I really, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I know it's like a, you know, a lot of people, even in LA, when I moved out here, they'd be like, you know, you guys are a little weird, you know, you're different. It's like people would say alternative, you know? And you, they would act like they're being complimentary, but they're just being shitty. And uh, but, but I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, I, what 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 weird says to me is different. It's not the norm. Like you know, and I I really always wanted to be like a great regular sort of stand up. I always it was always really elusive to just do set up joke. I mean, I envy that that people can really write great jokes, have a great performance, and be like your your standard stand-up. I mean, it sounds like I'm being backhanded, but that's really always what I wanted. I just could never really do that as well as some other people could. You know, it wasn't my natural gift. Mm-hmm. But Tony V would do this thing every year, and you'd have a couple of meetings where you'd have writing writers' meetings leading up, which, you know, was also rare, where a community came together, and you'd meet a couple of times, like a couple of Sundays before shows, and then Tony V would kind of vet things, and he'd be like, we're cutting that sketch, we don't have time. You know, and it was almost like a writer's room. And I was like, I want a part of all of this. Not not just to mention that I, I sort of idolized Tony V like crazy because I thought he was like God's gift to comedy, which I still believe. Yes. And so he he made this, manufactured this like amazing event every year. And to me, it was the most fun show all year, um, which, which, you know, doesn't say much that like some sketches could bomb horribly because it was the first time they were ever going up or you know, the performers sucked or whatever. And then seeing it go from like a really captive, small, great room of the comedy studio, like a captive crowd, they're just like, to everyone's in. It's you, People are spilling out onto the street almost and the street was three floors down. And then you'd go to Monday to this like the biggest club in the city at the Comedy Connection and this and no one gave a fuck because they would just cater it. It would be like free food. I think at one point they might have had an open bar for like an hour or whatever. So comedians, everyone would come and be like, open bar guy. And uh, and they just like everyone was trashed and no one gave a fuck. And we were doing sketches and the crowd just showed up like it was a normal open mic, like like it was your sports bar or like my pizza place. They would just be like, what's happening here? You're doing sketches like what? Who's like we did a thing one year where we had uh, Dick Doherty as Santa Claus, but it, it was like us making fun of Dick Doherty, where we had someone with like a white ponytail. He's he was a booker in Boston that everyone really didn't like, and he would often like bar people from his clubs. Like oh, if yeah. you ended up on like the the band Dick Doherty list, you were like saying something. Like everyone's <laughs> on that list. Like Dan Crone, the nicest guy I've ever met, is was on that list. I don't know if he still is. But fucking everybody was, like, banned from Dick Doherty's. Everybody but Steve Sweeney, which says something. Um, 
So I, I know I, I haven't really taken a breath. So I don't know if you have anything to add about the, the show or whatever, but it was amazing. Um, and I, I ended up, Tony, Tony would ask me to do characters. And then one year I did this naked, it was kind of earlier on, I did a naked angel. I just had angel's wings and like a nimbus on, which was like Tony's son's nimbus. And I was standing on the bar in the back of the room and I sort of was talking to Tony and being like the angel over the show. And then, and then he started addressing me and I was like, oh, you could see me? Like I thought I was invisible, you know, and like I did this whole thing. And then that was like the first nude set I did. And then Tony every year would ask me to do something where I was nude. You know, he'd be like, can you do a nude thing again? And it became this like regular and we got in trouble at the connection because I was nude. You know what I mean? Like no one gave a fuck in Cambridge. But then you'd go to Boston to the comedy connection and they were like, you know, you're never getting booked again. <laughs> I, I had to see a dick. I remember the Blizzard one because you know oh, these shows great. were typically like December twentieth. I remember was the studio yes. time slot usually, and so it's like a Sunday night. You'd get a bunch of Chinese food and stuff and kegs oh, for yeah. the comics, and it just like flies. They would you know yes. fucking rip through it. PJ Brown right, right. and all yeah. these you know big comics. Rick would buy, buy a keg all or two, year. Yeah. You saw them mm-hmm. like every once in a while, but you definitely saw them that night where they're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guy, there was like a buffet downstairs and it would always be like delivered right as the show ended. So mm-hmm. people would just fucking fly down the stairs. Oh, yeah. Like they never had food in their life. And uh, and it was the same food you ate at like, Hong Kong yeah. all the time. It yeah. wasn't special. Yeah, yeah. But it was free. Yes. So, <laughs> so well, people never got paid by Rick, so, <laughs> so that's why. It, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> you eat your year's worth. Um, yeah. I I got, uh, what did I get? I remember that during that, I think it was the Blizzard one, where it was like, yeah. should we? I think we... David and I were hosting. Were yes. we hosting that time? Yeah, my brother and I. So we took it. So Tony asked eventually if David and I, my brother, the Walsh brothers, would want to take over. And my brother wasn't for it. He thought it would be a lot of work. We didn't have the time. And I was like, no, we're fucking doing this. This is a legacy. Like, I want to keep this thing alive. I can't believe Tony asked us. I've idolized this guy for years. We're fucking doing it. And then it ended up being continually, at least at the studio, the best, most fun show of the year by yes. far. Yeah, we would course. fly back from L.A. every year just to do yes. it, like early. I, yeah. I remember you guys really put a lot into the show. You also... Mm-hmm had like a fun spirit about it like you guys would come in with like these these different things like you uh you dave and joe list being the undercover cops ready to arrest the whole audience yeah and everyone yeah. with a reservation you go down the list of like all their crimes against humanity yeah um, <laughs> and i i distinctly remember i think it was the blizzard one with yeah. me tim and ahmed doing a sketch tim wrote which was uh-huh. i'm santa um, I've come out to see them to get a thank you for the Christmas uh-huh. gift. Yeah. But they just won't give it to me. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they keep saying like, well, we couldn't, couldn't do this holiday without help of one jolly fat red man, <laughs> fat Albert. And it would like be another character. We were able to squeeze in. It was a perfect sketch. In that we yeah. could have 30 people in this sketch. Yes. And uh, I remember I wrote my favorite thing that I think I ever got Rob Crane to do was um, he is, he had big 
curly hair at the time, so I made yeah. him dress as little orphan Annie, and uh-huh. I made him say, ask not what your country can do for you. <laughs> <laughs> and it just makes no sense. It just, it, it's just to yeah. escalate the absurdity, and right. then I blow up at them. But there, So there's like 15, 20 people in this sketch. Yeah. And it's one joke again and again. <laughs> yeah. And I get I get to the uh, the big moment of like we're about to go on, and I think <clears throat> you leaned in, and we were we were, we were sort of friends at this time. I, I think we bar- barely knew each other. <laughs> and you lean in, and you were like, "Hey, um, <laughs> <laughs> do you hear my dad say peanut butter up his balls?" Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That was so hilarious. Uh, yeah, you that's lean how in. I get my dog interested. <laughs> Yeah. So loud. Um, he, you leaned in and you said, uh, we, we got to cut it. <laughs> and we're no! all, it was like all of us were dressed and I, yeah. I looked at you and then you started laughing and I was like, you son of a bitch. I was like, that is so funny. And that was, yeah. I think that's when we, we became really good friends is like, yeah. <laughs> what is the worst thing you can possibly say right, right, right. this second? Um, yeah, because I think I remember when, you know, it's like you go through through like rehearsals and stuff. And I, and I think too, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do something like that to somebody who wouldn't understand or wouldn't be able to, I don't know. I don't know if that's true because I think I would fuck with people just to see if they get mad because that's fun to like see someone flip out. But but with you, I think you knew that, uh, first of all, I liked ever, all you guys. Like when, you know, you, you're like the younger generation, younger crew. And I was like, this sketch, to me, it's kind of funny to say you're going to cut something that has like 50 people in it. You know what I mean? Because you're like, you're cutting like, if there's 100 people in the show, you cut this one sketch and you lose like half of the fucking community group of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're you all cut, in you costumes. You cut it and like crush all of their dreams. Everybody. You know what I mean? It's like somebody dressed like Fat Albert. It's so fucking funny to me to be like, I mean, really, that's what I miss is like how much we were all committed to this dumb thing. Yeah. Like the show is, it's, it's, I don't know, there's something about that, that like theater aspect of it like the comedy aspect of it it's like you know comedians wearing costumes where they didn't before and they're just for this like one night everyone cares and it's a blizzard so it took everyone like all of our effort like we were like we don't know if the show's gonna happen we didn't know like day of i remember we parked our car in a parking lot hoping that the snow would all melt because it was like the car was just covered we parked it like indoors and like a you know instead of parking lot it's a you know like a fucking garage under Harvard to be like, hopefully the snow will melt off. You know, it was crazy. And I, and I didn't expect anyone to be there. And people just came out in droves because we had like flown back for it and like got there early to do rehearsals and, and, you know, dress rehearsals and all that shit. And then you're on the night you're there. Like, I heard everyone's going to be there at four or five, you know, going through the motions once and then you get up on stage and you're just hoping it's all going to go well. I just think it's hilarious to prepare so much and then look at you guys and be like, yeah, I'm sorry. It's got to go. That's it. You know, and and people would get mad at each other during the show over things. Like oh. I remember I, I, I had a thing like where I was doing a nude thing and then Andy O'Feish was on a thing. And one of my friends got real mad at me because I got nude before they were able to get nude. 
I was thinking about that recently and I was like, it doesn't matter. Like, what does it matter? You mm. know what I mean? Like, you're going to get nude. What if I get nude at the end of the show and I'm naked? It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, it just was like so funny to me that people would get so worked up over comedy and angry. And then you would go to the comedy connection and everything would fucking bomb. <laughs> you know, like half the people would be like, oh, I'm good tomorrow. I'm not going to be there. Like half the sketches would go in, you know? It, um, it, it was a totally different vibe and show like that cavernous yeah. way too much space not a lot of audience that like is yeah. totally there for it the studio yeah. had like you were crammed in right um everybody in the community no matter where they played was there yes hanging out yeah. doing shit and people weird. were generally home for christmas yeah because you would sometimes get like a like a Dare I say it, a Burbiglia or like a, a like a Eugene Merman or somebody like that who was like, I'm home, I want to do a spot. Like I remember on one of the last ones, Eugene was like, can I do a thing? We were like, you know, and it's like, yeah, we could never say no. Yeah. You could do as much time as you want. Like it would probably put you on close to the end. So keep that in mind. Mm. But you could do whatever the fuck you want to do. Um, and it was just like great time for con- like, I mean, just like that night. You know, and I, I'm thinking about it now. It's like, I want to do the one this year. You know what I mean? Mm. And I don't even really come home for Christmas anymore. But um, I remember one year, this is one of my favorite stories. It's a little adjacent to the performance. Like, one, we got Steamer to come back. Steamer hadn't performed in a while. And then he did a bit. And yeah. then I think he got kicked out of the Comedy Connection for life for whatever he did. He was just being Steamer. Was I want to was... say someone was nude. It might have been me. And then he shit on all the com like everyone and all like the comedy clubs and stuff. And when he was done, somebody was like, "What do you think this is?" You know, like Joey Sanigat or somebody was like, "Who do you think that is?" You know, uh, like who 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 the fuck is <laughs> says Robbie Road Steamer? Is uh, anyway? Is sorry, like go this, ahead. Did he did he also show up? Because I think this was my very first studio Christmas party. Was he hadn't performed in a while? I think he got fired from BCN already. Yeah. And this was like the first time he had performed and he tore down the curtain as he tends to do. Yes. Yes. Um, I think. Well, I... we always had to, if you booked Steamer, you had to put him on last because it was a hard follow. Hmm. And because he would just destroy the stage and people would be like, what the fuck? And he would generally call, you know, an old lady in the crowd something awful. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and just like traumatize people sometimes. But it was, you know incredibly hilarious i mean you know at that time it was like hard to define and and insanely funny yeah um you know he was just like like a you know like shitting on the crowd you know like a like a roast comic it's as close Um, to wrestling as comedy gets when it's just a one person you know like and roast battle is is formulaic and great i love it but this right. is like, you know, those those villainous people that come out and address the whole crowd and they take on the yes. whole, Seattle, you yeah. pieces of shit. <laughs> That's what, yeah, what are you looking at? You know, like just a grandma, you know, it's like some old lady and everyone's, what the fuck? Why are you talking to our grandmother that way? He but, looked uh, right at this woman in the front row yeah. and went, I love you, firewoman. <laughs> That's yeah. my favorite. Um, so he was never allowed to return to the comedy connection, <laughs> but, uh, and it was cause we like begged him to come do the Christmas show. It was like, come on. And then he was like, I don't know if I can do comedy. We were like, you can do comedy. You're great. Just don't do the connection. But, um, after the show, 
they would, you know, because it was a Monday night, there was like a playoff game or something, or maybe it was just before the playoffs, and it was like one of those years for the, for the NFL, and the Patriots were, I remember, were really good. So everyone at the Comedy Connection, they had a bar. You would go down a long hallway towards the end of Faneuil Hall. This is on the second floor. Very historic building, granite columns and like, you know, bricks and stuff. Just like great place to sort of be in history, you know. I don't know if, you know, it's whatever. But, like, we went down to the bar, and uh, they had on every TV the Patriots. And my brother had gotten this thing. I don't know if you recall it. It was, like, a thing you buy on, like, an infomercial. It was called TV Be Gone. And it was, like, a little clicker, and you it's like a keychain. You know, it's like a, it's like a little button. That's it. And it just has a little infrared dot on the top of it. And you could turn off any TV. These, like, students at MIT designed it, and you could just point it at a TV and hold the button down, and it would recognize the single of the signal of the TV, and you could turn off any TV. And my brother got, like, five of them and just handed them out to friends, and he, like, kept, you know, two. And, uh, and so he had one on his keychain, and he's like, the Patriots were in some, like, battle to the death against fucking the Colts or something. And, uh, and it's like, you know, the, 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 the season is on the line and there's like eight TVs and everyone who's in there is like drinking their Bud Lights and their Buds and, and, you know, getting the buffet and they're just watching the TV. And my brother went around the club and he went left to right. It was like, you know, south to north where he just went to the first one, clicked the TV, be gone and like a crowd of people and the TV turned off and people were like, ah, come on, they're turning the TV off. What for the party? It's the Patriots. And then my brother went to the next one, turned that one off. And everyone, you could just see people not really like they're disgruntled, but they're like, I'll just go over to this TV. And then they're drinking. And it's just like it was so funny if you were in the know. There was like five of us who knew. It was like, you know, Joe List, Jack Herney, Dustin and me, you know, and we're all watching him. And he goes to the next one. Click. Slowly but surely, all these fucking Southie, you know, Boston douchey dudes are just all watching the TVs and they're going from one to the next until they're all just on one TV. And, you know, we're trashed at this point. David clicks it off. He's like, I think somebody saw me. He runs by, he hands me the thing, and he sort of, like, ran out the door all paranoid, and I, like, stuffed it in my sock. And uh, all the TVs went off right as, like, it's like the fourth quarter. They need, like, a touchdown to go to the Super Bowl. I don't know what the fuck was going on. It was crazy. And, uh, and it was, like, the classic prank, you know? You, and I, I, oh, you so goofball Walsh boys. Yeah, a couple um, of goofs. We're we're having fun. Um, yeah, but fun has come to an end. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah, know how yeah. to dismount you. It's tough. No, it's tough. But you know, we do like to tell everyone these days to relax your slacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will tell them that after we tell them to again. I'm going to plug your album because we don't do it enough. Yellow Belt Confidence. Thank you. You heard one of the stories Gary told on the podcast, but he's got a lot of other great stuff. Go to deadmellow.com for that. They're also we're on their podcast network. Uh, they get a lot of other, you know, great podcasts, but you, you should mostly listen to this one. Um, and Gary, you're still doing shows every week with Creaney on Saturdays or is that intermittent? What's In- happening? Intersparsely. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus since, um, okay. you know, a lot of, uh, life gets busy and he's doing a tea party tonight on, uh, um, oh, yeah. on YouTube, which is a, a historical based comedy late night show, which I'm a writer yeah. on, which I will That's also great. plug. Um, check out Chris Tea Walsh. Party Tonight on YouTube. I don't have much. Just follow me on Instagram if you're yeah. not already. I'm at Crispy Walsh. C H R A S P Y W A L S H. And and Chris, what do we what do we want the people to know? What do they need to uh, hear? This is what you need to hear. 
don't escalate, de-escalate. If you're in a gift shop at a national park, if you get back to comedy and the crowd sucks, don't fight. You know, we don't, we shouldn't even be close to each other yet. You know, which sucks. Get vaccinated. I believe in it. Uh, I don't care if you don't. Uh, it's the only way we're going to get back to doing real comedy again. Um, and don't fight. Don't fight. I'm, I'm trying to live my life. I don't know if it's Buddhism or I'm getting into or mm. breathing and, you know, meditation and, and mindfulness and all that shit. If, if I sound like a like a pussy, I don't care. I love that. Uh, I won't fight you so, on it. You're so Charlestown that not getting yeah. in a fist fight is like, this must be some fucking Eastern religion bullshit. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to go in that way because I was raised with a chip on my shoulder. Because my parents didn't hug me. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and we didn't say I love you for a good 15 years. But uh, I'm trying to get back into, you know, just, just getting my head right. I think we all need to do that after this long fucking year and a half of bullshit. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and that's why we always say relax your slacks. This has been brought to you by Dead and Mellow. Follow us on all your social media platforms and shop around at deadandmellow.com to see all of our stand-up, music, and podcast releases. Thank you, and God bless America. All right, see you later. See Are you we guys. actually leaving or just that dig? <laughs>